Coming up next, a bonus episode on what makes a good book. Hey everybody, and welcome back to BookNet. I am your humble and eloquent host, Cooper Cobbs, and over there we've got Matthew Killingsworth. How you doing, Matthew? Howdy. Hey, I'm doing good. Right, right. And today, it's a bonus episode. We thought, why not? Why not? And today, we're talking about what makes a good book. Isn't that right, Matthew? Yeah, we are. And we have, uh, well, Cooper has some notes. I have no notes. I'm winging it. That's today. right. <laughs> so, I have some notes. Obviously, you know, it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> That's right. And everyone, Matthew wings it. You know. <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Actually, what, that's pretty much every episode these days. You never really give us. No, any no, time. I don't. It's way better that way. Even, even <laughs> if we do have to edit some awkward pauses. <laughs> yeah, fair All enough. All right, we haven't we haven't done one of these in a while. We last haven't. Last we did pin in a pendulum. No, that's actually the only well, one. We did. I guess skip the match. I was technically. Yeah, that's true. That was an yeah. extra. But me and Matthew doing what do you call it? The uh, the bra uh, the brawsome episodes. I don't know. Brawsome. <laughs> 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 yeah. We'll think about it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, me and Matthew doing bonus episode on what makes a good book. So Matthew, what makes a good book? Ooh, just straight out there. Already. I used all my notes. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> what makes a good book? So I think it's a good book if you finish the book and you want more. All right, so let's kind of work our way there. You know, kind of well, why do you want more in a good book? So, um, yeah. do you have any particular genre um, of a book that you prefer? Uh, generally, I like um, kind of like high fiction fantasy, yeah. but it's 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 specific ones like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. yes, Hobbit. Eh. But um, yeah, I guess I guess that'll let's just go with that. That'll be my genre. Okay, so do you, would you prefer a bad fantasy novel over a good non fantasy novel? Do you think? Uh, no, not necessarily. Definitely not. So you think that you would take kind of a um a better maybe you know uh just normal fiction over a bad fantasy novel because you you enjoy the quality you enjoy the good book rather than just the thrill of a genre yeah definitely yeah i think i'm the same way too i i'm not hooked on a genre i like a lot of different books from a lot of different genres so but yeah i guess uh, i don't know I, i'll have to think about that more sometime about like which genre has like I guess the most of my favorite books yeah. in it because my favorite book is it's a fiction yes. book but it's kind of yeah you know it's the river so it's I don't know yeah it's, I think it's, 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 yeah, it's definitely not fantasy <laughs> yeah yeah I agree I think that some of my favorite books aren't fantasy but most of my favorite books are fantasy you know not the top couple yeah. but I agree I definitely would prefer because yeah. you know I'm I mean I'm a Christian homeschooler and I prefer a good book over a you know, bad genre book. But I think that's definitely more recent. If you had asked me, you know, five five years ago or so, I probably would have said bad fantasy novel. Or I would have. Oh, yeah, or definitely. I maybe wouldn't have said definitely. that, but I maybe would have read like that or acted like that, you know? Yeah. No, I think you would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was deserved. Okay. So do you prefer a novel? Do you like short stories? Do you like nonfiction? What's your favorite kind of type of novel? Well, um, yeah, I like novels. I like, but still, I mean, we're not really there yet. I don't think that that really has the most effect on whether I like yeah. it or not. 
you know, because I like, I like them to, well, how do I say this? I don't care about the length as long as the content, like, actually, like, as close to perfectly as possible fits that length. Yeah. So There's like a perfect Harry length Potter, of content. There's not a perfect length of a book. Yes. Yes. So like, well, yeah, and there's a perfect, well, I would even say it backwards, like, there's a perfect amount of content to put in any given length of a book, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I'll give an example. Like, Harry Potter 5 is ridiculously long. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it's ridiculously long. It's 800 pages, but I still love the book because, like, it's just, it's not boring. It's not wasted space. I mean, you get already some of it. Is, uh, it's we're not we're not arguing that here no <laughs> uh, but you know what i mean like it's filled and it's interesting especially like for someone who really likes the harry potter series but then like they're like old man in the sea a book we just read which is way shorter and is very uh conserving there is literally no we, wasted space like you could not argue no that. wasted at all and so like even though it's way shorter and even though harry potter is way longer they both fill their spaces really well and there's some books obviously that you can think of that don't exactly fill the spaces really well i mean we can talk about tolkien having a really good writing style and being very interesting but he also does kind of waste a lot of space in books and makes them longer than necessary yeah exactly we were trying to have this conversation we were figuring out the length of the podcast right we were like how long is too long (laughs) right um and isaiah and tanner were kind of the ones they were like let's keep it on the shorter side but i i mean yeah like, I agree, like, we shouldn't go too long, and I agree that some of our longer episodes aren't the best episodes, but what I'm saying is, and I agree with you, like, there's a perfect amount of content, but that differs for every, every you know, piece of thing, right? So, right, and the model, the model we kind of go with now is, like, we'll try to cap it around, like, 30, right, 35 right. minutes, but then if it's really a great discussion and it's worth keeping on, then we'll yeah, keep exactly. it on. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's kind of what happens sometimes, you just got, you can't really, you got to... Keep going. You can't restrict you the content to a size to a certain size, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm. Yeah, that's why I'm saying fit the size to the content, not the content to right, the size. Right. But I think I still prefer novel, just because I think it's the best way to convey a story. Honestly, I mean, I like I like short stories. Yeah, novellas are fine too. So, do you think that a good plot is essential to a good book? Uh, I think for a book, for a novel, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you would. You think that a better plot makes a book better, or do you think that um, would you prefer a book with a better plot over a book that was still maybe equally as good, just didn't have a better plot? Like, are you saying like it had better writing, or it had better like what are you saying? What's the trade? Well, let's let's kind of do it with the fantasy novel. Let's say you have a bad book with a good plot and a good book with no plot. Which one would you prefer? Well, but <laughs> I don't really Sorry, get what like you're saying. A, like you're... a deep plot, like a good you know story like a twisty and turn twist and turn yeah i get the plot but like what do you mean by good book because a good certain things like certain trade-offs like good plots good writing right right. so let's say just take you know those are the things that make it a good book for me so like i can't compare good book to something that makes up a good book okay so let's let's essentially take every element that you think of of a good book except for the plot and take that away and say everything bad about a book and oh, just okay i see what you're saying <laughs> okay so um no i would i i definitely care more about uh writing and you know not not entertainment but you know what i mean like good content yeah. and um being like not bored throughout the whole thing 
and being interested and engaged, I care more about those things than I care about like solely having a good plot over everything right. else. I think we'll talk about it a little later, but I think the most essential thing for me for a book is just having a good story. I think that a plot is definitely, I guess, an essential element of that, but I'm not going to say, oh, because this book has no plot, it has no story, essentially. So I agree with you. Like, I think a plot can make a book better, but I don't think it's anything to die on or anything like that. Yeah, I think it's more important how you tell a story because right. there's people that can you can give them a great story and they can tell it terribly and nobody will enjoy it at all. And there's people who can turn it, the lamest story you've ever heard into the most interesting Yeah, let's, let's thing take two heard, examples. So. Let's take a book that we are – actually, I think it will be coming out – our episode on Old Man and the Sea will be coming out next week. But the thing about that is it's like you go into a pitch room for like a movie for that thing and you're like, it's the old man in a boat on the sea. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, compared to what we read a long time ago, The Scarlet Letter, where, I mean, it's maybe not. It's all, it's drama. Right. And it's, it's all, and it's all, it's all plot based too. I mean, it's got a good plot for oh, yeah. sure. But, you know, yeah. w- which book is better? And I'm going to prefer Old Man of the Sea because of other reasons and not just the fact that it has. I don't care that it's in, just the plot's stupid. It's an old man in a boat on the sea, right? I, don't care, I care how they make the plot good, right? The story, right. and it's like, yeah, and it's about, it's yeah, the story is so much different than the plot. For in that sure, sense. exactly. Yeah, you're right, because the story is how the old man is like, what his fears are, like you introduced to him and his uh, his colleagues and what his fears are and how he faces the fears, and it's actually a really big story, right. but with a really small plot, and I actually really enjoyed that. For sure, that. for sure. Then, of course, there's, like, Harry Potter, like I was saying, which is a big story and a big plot. and Right, everything. exactly. And It's like, let's just go big. For all the things that I maybe don't... I mean, I like Harry Potter, but all the things I don't like about it, you can't deny that Rowling is a great storyteller. And part of the reason yeah. that she is is because she's so good at plot, right? And so that... Yes, and that's that's why I like right, it. Exactly. It's literally just because she's a great storyteller. If you look at Harry Potter, and it's basically the whole reason it's a good story is because of the plot. I mean, there are other elements, too, but... It's the main reason. Look at Old Man and the Sea. The main reason it's a good story is because Hemingway wrote it so well and just, you know, made it a good story. And that's the next thing we're going to talk about. So how important is, like, an author's writing style to you when you're reading a book? How important is is that to you for uh, keeping engaged? Hmm. Uh, I think it all kind of relates back to the story. But I think it it's very it's very high on the importance scale for me. But I don't necessarily care if they have like their own little unique like twist on their writing right. style or like their because like we've read several authors like Hawthorne, Hemingway, and uh, Gary Paulson, like the Hatchet guy. They've all had like pretty unique, noticeable like if you read it and didn't know the author, you would be able to recognize it after reading one of their mm-hmm. books. And um, I don't think that's necessary for me in liking a book because. I think as long as it um, fits well, like communicates well, conveys well with the rest of the story, then I'm going to be happy with that. Yeah, for for me, I, I agree with you, kind of you said in the beginning. Writing style is, I think it's an essential part of me, and essential part of me knowing whether it's a good book or not is how the author writes it, because I think that is a main part of how good a book is. Because I was like, again, Old Man in the Sea, Hemingway, the way he wrote it made it. Uh, what it is Hemingway style made the old man in the sea great right um uh-huh. but I think that I'm well I I think it's one of the main things uh for me be willing to stay engaged with the book like if, if I'm reading a book and it's got really bad style I sometimes just like this book is garbage you know maybe I'll finish the book but I'll understand it's garbage because I think 
out of the ability to write well stems all of these other things that we've been talking about. Now, can you add anything to that? Okay, we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. Oh, so characters. Characters is next. So, mm-hmm. um, let's say you have a really great novel. The plot's amazing, the writing's great, but the characters are really unrealistic. How do you feel about that book? Mm. Well, it it depends. Uh, it's see, I'm gonna now that we've talked about the story and like the content of it, I'm gonna keep going back to that on every <laughs> single question. But, <laughs> but I, it's if this if they fit the story and if they um if they're not unnecessary. Hold on, what am I trying to say here? This is gonna be an awkward silence for a second. Good. Can you ask the question again? Yeah, so how essential are good characters uh, to you in a good book? Let's say you have a amazing book, the plot's great, the writing style is amazing, and then the characters are really just unrealistic and terrible. How do you feel about that? Right, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. So if they fit the story well, then I'm good with it, because if they fit the story, like say it's like a high fantasy novel, and so it's obviously like then you want unrealistic characters because you're kind of in awe the whole time reading right, it. Right, you want to kind of transplant yourself in those characters. Hey, exactly. You're like... Observe the world. It's like when you're watching Peter Pan and you're like, that's just a dude just like me and he can fly. Right. Like, I, And you just imagine yourself flying. It's like, that's when I want it to be like completely unrealistic and like almost like exaggerated or whatever. But um, if it's like, if it's supposed to be a realistic story and the characters are... Uh, very unrealistic, then I'm not, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of times when you get caught up in. Well, actually, hold on, hold on. I, we're talking about, I, I know we're talking about books here, but I just thought of like the Avengers and how they do try to like place it in Earth right. and like a lot of stuff is yeah, the same, yeah, but they are like obviously very like they're superheroes, so they're like way different and they're kind of misplaced characters. I do like it in that, in that circumstance, just to clarify. Right. It's just like if it's really if it's really supposed to be like because that's supposed to be fun superhero. But movies. even the Avengers compared to, be... to like the DC movies, they're supposed to be more realistic. They're supposed to say you can easily put your face or more easily than the DC put your face right. on Captain America or Iron Man or something like that. Right, because it's they use real places, real locations, like real monuments, or, and also all like that stuff. So. More realistic characters as well, not like the gods among us. More like the strongest or, yeah. men among us kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that a lot of times, I think that I'm willing to stay with you if you have bland characters rather than unrealistic characters. Because I think that, let me go back to, like, Star Wars. The characters are good. I like the characters, but they're not too deep, I guess you could say. Um, It's a little bit harder with a movie, too. Right, exactly. But, like, Luke Skywalker, you're supposed to be able to put your face on Luke Skywalker's face. Like, I could be a Luke Skywalker. And then also, you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be uh, observing the world. And that's the one thing... (laughs) <laughs> those glorious Hobbit uh, episodes we did, we said, kind of pointed out that Tolkien didn't exactly have great character development. It was really bland. But it wasn't, they weren't unrealistic characters. They were really realistic characters. They just weren't as well, I guess, you know, deep characters, right? I mean, developed. right. You're going to have yeah. Bilbo, like, wishing his by the fire, you know, the dwarves doing something stupid, and I think that's great, but it's not deep incredible, you know, characters deep. You're not getting psychologically deep inside those characters, exactly. No, you're not. So let's break it down a little bit more. Let's talk about kind of the protagonist versus the villain. Let's start with the villain. 
So, in your mind, what makes a good villain, and how essential is that to a good hmm. story? I think a backstory makes a good villain. Oh, yeah? In what way? I like, well, personally, I like creative backstories when they, you know, twist right. it or, like, change it For up sure. a little bit. Because you can, everybody can think of the basic bad guy story that's in probably, like, 95% of all, you know, stories. And, you know, the basic background story for a bad guy is, like, something tragic happened to him in the past. Right. And he just wants revenge, like, literally. It's everything. It's, like, everything. everything. Yeah. Which, I mean, a lot of people do it well, obviously. Right. But I like I like the change-ups. Yeah, and I think that, for me, every villain has to have two things. Number one, how how do they become evil? Number two, how how were they defeated? If they were supposed to be so powerful, it seemed like nobody could overcome them. Why were they defeated? And I think this is kind of... Because the good guy had to win. Right, exactly. But, like, exactly. (laughs) This is the kind of thing you end with the villains. You have to be realistic without having a deus ex machina, right? So that's kind of my problem with a little bit of Voldemort and Harry Potter. And I guess a little (laughs) bit of spoiler alert, but not too much because I'm just talking about his beginning. But here we go. Um, Kind of in Voldemort's beginning, you don't really know... I guess you don't really know how he turned bad. He was just kind of always bad. And I think that they do have some backstory. They do have backstory. They go into great depth. They're wrong. goes into great depth in episode, and, uh, book six to kind of show the, the story arc of Voldemort. But I really feel like there's no link between how he got bad and how in his beginning, right? Um, and then... He had some he had some parenting issues. Yeah, yeah exactly. That was, I mean, <laughs> you know... I don't know. There's just there was a lot of I think there was, I, it was, I think it was it some was, good stuff for Voldemort, and I think she just couldn't was, quite title. It was stereotypical. I'll, I'll give yeah. you that. And also, kind of, um, how how was he defeated? I don't know. I mean, we well, me may talk about it, like the Horcrux and stuff like that. But then let's talk about kind of like Sauron and Lord of the Rings. I think this is one of the only places where it actually works, where he was just bad from the very beginning. I like that actually. I think that in like a great huge epic fantasy novel. I actually kind of like when the villain is kind of just been evil for as long as anyone can right, remember. Right, because it's it's kind of like kind of like Narnia, where like they're kind of reflecting back on like the Bible story and like right. how you know the devil has just been evil since forever. Right, and that's that's so, really a cool thing. Like the devil's been evil since right. He, he I fell I agree because yeah, I definitely like it when high fantasy novels reflect that. Yeah, and it's just and. Then, Again, why why did Sauron lose? Well, he, I guess he thought kind of that he was looking for the ring, and he didn't think that anyone would. I guess he thought the ring was so powerful that nobody would ever try to destroy it. I guess mm-hmm. I don't think anybody cares yeah. that it's kind of spoiled Lord of the Rings. But anyway, <laughs> no, no, nobody cares. Yeah. Here. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the protagonist. And those of you don't know, protagonist is the main character uh, of the story, or I guess yeah. And no, we we are not talking about the protagonist, as in the main character in no. Tenet who never gets a name right. and is simply called the protagonist the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but so we're talking. So my mom, every time it's her homeschool mom thing, she she always asks whenever I finish a book, like who was the main character and what did he want, essentially. So, what makes a good protagonist story arc? to you what is essential in writing a good main character for your story well i think kind of like your mom's question implies they have to like first of all you have to define who they are and you know give like 
a chapter or a few chapters, depending on how long your story is going to be. Um, you got to give time to devoted to like introducing them. And so like the reader gets to know them, not too much time, but you know, the right amount. And then you have to, they have to have a purpose. They have to have something that they do want. Right. Which is like the other question that you said. So I think, you know, I'm going to give it to your mom. Those are actually good <laughs> questions. Yeah. <laughs> not that she necessarily needs to ask them to you every time you read no, a book, but like those time, are good questions. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that really is kind of what what defines the protagonist. Like, why is he doing what he's doing in the book? Yeah. Right. Because like if, if there's one thing that you clearly define, like they are after they they their kind of self-made purpose in life is this thing then that kind of you kind of get to know them so much better that you like can tell why they make the little decisions that they make throughout right, the course exactly. of the whole novel all right so next let's talk about dialogue so how hmm. important to you is dialogue in a story see that's a i before we read hatchet i probably would have said pretty darn important uh, because I like, I, you know, I like to. Well, I like let's not talk about characters. like dialogue versus no dialogue. But like dialogue versus bad dialogue. Okay. Oh, how important is good dialogue? Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely would rather have good <laughs> dialogue. I'm sorry. I'm that's that's a, that's a, that's fine. Bad. <laughs> you were like, how important is dialogue? Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of important. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna have dialogue, let's make it good, yeah. okay, author? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but like. How important is it to you in, in a good book? Will you, you know, will you drop the book if you think it's bad dialogue or something like that? Mm, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think it's still pretty important. Yeah. Why? Especially if you're gonna have a bunch of different characters like inter, you know, intermingling with each other and like talking and uh, a lot of that. Then I think, I mean, it doesn't all have to be like outstanding crazy like memorable dialogue but i like there to be some good quotes that you can laugh at like different quotes that you'll laugh at different ones that you'll kind of like not cry but like if you were cooper that you would cry at and you <laughs> I, know, don't, I don't <laughs> different emotions in the book. in the dialogue that's not true he no, cries no. <laughs> that's not true <laughs> yeah I, I honestly that's one of the things that's so great about tolkien literally I think that there is never. This is, <laughs> we I always argue this whenever me and Matthew do like a Gandalf versus Dumbledore debate. That <laughs> Tolkien is probably one of the best authors ever at just one-liners or like great piece of dialogue. <laughs> That's fair. Like you know, Gandalf just drop a nugget of wisdom or something that's memorable, and it's just amazing. Shoot us some examples. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. I will not say, do not weep, for not all tears are evil. Not all those who wonder are lost. Just some examples of like great one-liners and like bajillions of others. I like that last one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I think dialogue is essential. I think good dialogue is great. But I think there are also like some elements to it. I think I watched India Wilson's like writing videos. You know, India Wilson is, and he, one thing he says is really your characters can't quite talk like they talk in real life. Like if you notice, I've been saying like mm -hmm. like like like, and you know this entire conversation, and you can't really have that in the yeah. book, right? But yeah, <laughs> and you also like characters have to respond to one like I never go, hey Matthew, do you want to hear about my Thursday? And he's like, I would love to hear about your Thursday. You know, you're you're telling me about your Thursday while I'm telling you about my Thursday at the same time. Was the example he used, and so, but I think that good dialogue is essential because I think that it, it defines the flow of the book. I think that you, but I think that also a lot of times comes with great writing style. If you have a great writing style, then you're not good dialogue, but. If you have bad writing style, then a lot of times it means you're bad at dialogue. But honestly, 
I think that the people who write the best dialogue sometimes they aren't quite the most realistic. I guess they're the best at making it seem realistic while making it better than what we would, you and me would say. I guess you know because I mean I don't drop great one liners around you all the time, do I? No, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, for sure not. <laughs> I'm joking. But if well, I had actually, time to like joking, write out but... a book, I'd obviously. I probably could come up with some. You know, ones. yeah, you could come up. With and also, I think it's essential to a book because I think great dialogue makes a book stand out. I mean, if you look at the fantasy genre, people read fantasy because they want to escape. It's escapism. They want to live in the world for a while. They don't mm-hmm. quite mm-hmm. care about the characters exactly, but I think, and a lot of times, authors writing it don't bother to write well or write good dialogue. And I think that's what sometimes can set a good book apart from a bad book is how good its dialogue and how good the writing style is. You know. How a good fantasy novel is basically, you know, it takes all the elements of a fantasy novel, a good world, you know, um, makes you want to live in there, and then it essentially just adds good dialogue and good writing, and it's, you know, a step above anything else and makes it stand out. All right, mm-hmm. next. Everybody's favorite, morals. How important are good morals to you, Matthew? <laughs> I, I feel like you should answer this first. This is kind of your expertise area. Yeah, I mean... Good morals, I think, are an essential. Um, I don't know. There's a point. Well, let me say this. Like, let's take like Christian literature, right? A lot of times, like they're dripping with good morals or relation to the Bible or something like that. But that's not what makes it a good story, right? Mm-hmm. But what makes a good story as a part of a, a good story is having a strong, centered moral center, right? And having a good message and having good morals. But that doesn't make up the whole thing, right? You can have an amazingly written novel with every everything that we've talked about, great, and then have bad morals. And you're like, yeah, it's a, it's bad, right? But if you take a book that has absolutely nothing going for it and it has good morals, you're still like, that's a bad book. So I think that it's it's some of both. I think that you have to have good morals in a good book, but I don't think that they make up. They don't carry the team essentially over the finish line does that make sense no yeah they don't carry it and i was i'm almost gonna say that like I, it's almost not that important to me because like you were saying especially for like a lot hey, of Matthew, let's let's, like, let's be clear though we do and, we don't watch bad things we don't read bad moral things though yeah no no no, no of course not no i'm just saying like in a book it's not the most important it's not the deciding factor, factor. Yeah, because, like, like you were saying, like, it's all about, like, when people read fantasy, they just want to escape. Like, they want to be in that world. So, like, you don't really read a book so, like, you don't really read a high fantasy book so that you can be in the world to learn about, like, something you should change in your own life. That's not why you read it. Like, you read it to be, you know, entertained. You read it to be in the world, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, in that sense, I don't think, like, yes, it's good to have a good moral, and you'd... You definitely don't want to have a bad moral. Right. If you're going to have a moral, have a good one. But, um, yeah, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not the deciding factor. Yeah. All right, so I think this is kind of our last point. Let's try and tie it in with the overall just good story. So you said essentially what makes a good book is at the end it leaves you wanting more. So let's talk about the ending right. of a book. What makes a good ending mm. and what is its importance to the book as a whole? Well, if the ending, uh, it's kind of like if the ending kind of leaves you imagining and if the ending doesn't completely wrap up everything. Well, okay. This is really confusing. 
there's a couple of different endings that I would accept, like several different ones. So one, if it leaves you wanting more, I'll give the Wing Feather Saga as an example of this. Like right at the end, there's kind of a plot twist right. when they like they might figure out a way to bring Jan- uh, Janner back to life, and so like then they go and like you never hear what happens, and then it leaves you wondering, and you're like, oh, I do want more. Wow, right. that's that's a good story. I want more. Um, and then there's ones that wrap it up all together so perfectly and just like completely tie it in a nice bow. And like when it seems kind of uh, complex or all over the place throughout the whole book and then it just all comes together like right at the last few chapters, then I think that's always pretty satisfying. And I'll look back on that and like honestly, yeah, I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that style of an ending a yeah. lot. And that makes me really like look back on the whole thing and think it was a good book. Like Harry Potter, for example, like because there's so many different, you know, how do I even say this? Like connections between everything right. throughout the whole series. And then at the end, you finally understand everything. And you look back and you're like, all those things that I was, you know, wondering about and I spent so much time thinking about now makes sense. Right. And so like it's kind of satisfying. And then it also makes you want to go back and read it again if it's like right. that. Because you want to like you want to get it from the different perspective, and it's like I, we're, I know we're supposed to be talking about books, but like WandaVision was kind of there was a lot of different things, especially in the first few episodes that you were like kind of confused about, and you were like, "What is what is right, going if on?" If I ever watch that and again, it's going to be because I want to see all the clues. Yeah, exactly. But then it, well, that's why you want to watch it again. Right. It's because you're like, well, I want to go see all the things that I now understand, see if I can catch more. Exactly. Yeah, I think that a good ending. Is essential to having a good story because I think a lot of times the moment it hits you, like, wow, it's a great story at the ending of something, right? And again, tying all the loose threads or doing something like that. So, like, you talked about, like, you have the cliffhanger, then you have, like, the, the resolution. Um, but I think that if you yeah. leave us with a cliffhanger, you have to, like, resolve the bigger problem and then have a cliffhanger. Yeah, it has to be a smaller plot. Right, exactly. Yeah, kind of like, obviously. I don't know, have you seen Master and Commander, Russell Crowe? Uh-uh. Well, so that they, they kind of do, it's like a big, uh, he's a Brit, part of the British Navy, and they're fighting this French ship, whatever. They finally capture the French ship, and it's all resolved. Then at the end, they realized, oh, wait, the captain of the ship got away. And so then they're chasing the ship again, essentially. So mm-hmm. it's, okay, it's a, it's a plot, it's a, it's a cliffhanger, but they re- resolve the bigger issue. But I think when I say it should leave you wanting more, I mean, not that... They did like lift it on a cliffhanger, and you want to find out what happens next because you're so mad at it. It's well, that's what you would do if you're like writing a multiple book, right? Exactly. But at the end of a series, at the end of a book, you really just want to end it well. But in doing so, your 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 fans are like angry that you had to leave. They had to leave the world, right? That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Make it memorable. But I think that ending is yeah, like Isaiah's like all caps exclamation right, point right, text right, to you after right. he finished Wing Feather Saga. Yeah, exactly. It's like, nah. but he in a way he was satisfied, but he wanted to, to know more. Exactly, mm-hmm. right. We just had to draw the satisfaction out. Exactly, <laughs> right. So I think kind of summary of our thoughts. I think some of the most important things being to read is just having a good story. That's probably the most mm-hmm. essential thing to having a good book. But under that, yeah, there's a lot of things like having a good writing style. And having a good plot and stuff like that, right? Yeah, definitely how you tell the story. Right. To how, yeah. Yeah, that's how I'd sum it up. Having a good story and communicating the story. Exactly. Well. All right. Well, are we, actually, should we do donor shout outs on this? Or are we doing that? No? Yes. No? Okay, yes, we should. we should. All right. I'm going to give the name of the donor, and you're going to say a good book that you think 
this character would like. Okay, or this donor would like. Not character. <laughs> Harry Potter one. Harry Potter two. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not even laughing. Oh, you didn't they didn't deserve a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nana. To Kill a Mockingbird. Nice. Van and Wayla. I'm gonna run out of books really fast. Yeah, that's yours. We're, we're trading off. Here, <laughs> we are okay. Do you have it in front of you? <laughs> you want to shout them out? Uh. I, I thought you just yeah Van Pappy and Wayla. Um, let's do um the old man the old man of the sea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna do okay. All right, next. Oh, uh, Isaiah's grandparents. Isaiah's grandparents, Tom Sawyer. Uh, Isaiah's uncle, Sebi. He can be uh the Hobbit. All right. Not a huge honor. Hobbit's <laughs> a great book. I don't care what you say. All right, Mr. Mike and Miss Laura. Mr. Mike and Miss Laura, the bronze bow. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, for you, Cooper, Aunt Jenny and Uncle Sam. Let's see. They can be A Tale of Two Cities. Never read it, but heard good things. Um, you can have <laughs> Isaiah's Cousins, Moses, and Zara. Little women. Ooh, nice. <laughs> oh, Isaiah. I mean, not a, what are you, <laughs> Cooper. You get the last one, Chris Hagedon. What a legend! I have to give this guy a good book. You know what? Yeah. Let's do it. Lord of the Rings. If you want a donor shout out, please go to patreon.com forward slash bookinet. <laughs> donate five dollars or more. Yeah, I'm sure if they want one of those. That, donor if you can't shouts. do that, make sure you give us a five star rating and review on your favorite podcasting app. And please until do. next time, keep on booking it.